Hi guys and welcome back to Geezy's Grief episode 3. Today's story is shared by our guest Charlie, son to the late Justin Edinburgh, former Tottenham football player and Leighton Orient manager. He shares his story after tragically losing his dad in 2019 after suffering cardiac arrest. He shares his story and how he deals with the grief of not only his dad but his best mate too and how he carries on his legacy. Here's Charlie's story. Hello mate. How we doing? You all alright? Yeah, good too. All good mate? Yeah, good. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. You had a good day? Yeah, as good as can be. Been quite busy, to be fair. Made a ni- uh, made the most of the uh, the nice weather. Got out for a little bit. Took the dog out for a walk, and uh, yeah, just cracked on with some work. Really. What about you? What about you, boys? Yeah, it's working, weren't it? Yeah, so I've been at work today, mate. But Mace is living yeah. the life. He's gymming, <laughs> gymming, and eating. That's it. That's <laughs> um, eating healthy, though. Yeah. To to a degree. <laughs> eat, eat donut and bloody cake, mate. That's it. <laughs> um, just want to start off, mate, by thanking you again, like giving up your Friday night, mate. Just uh, yeah, and just like sort of sharing your story to us and everyone who's going to listen. Like we really appreciate it. So. Not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. It's all for for a good cause. So uh, more than happy to to come on and chat with you both. That's it, mate. I see you got your um. Uh, badge on there, the old Justin Edinburgh one. Yeah, got the J, yeah, got the J3 Foundation badge on, mate. Anything like this that I do, uh, make sure that I well, I wear it every day. To be honest with you, if I'm not in my pajamas, uh, but otherwise, it's it's on me. Just to, uh, to, as I say, get the get the awareness out there. Yeah, that's it. We've actually just just donated and get one of them. I think. So, um, oh, you, you just beat me to it. I was going to send you a couple uh, on the foundation, but I really, really appreciate that, guys. That's very, nah, very generous. Yeah. No, we were with pride, mate. We we're actually thinking about getting some um, like Geezer's grief ones done. And you've sort of given us a little idea and yeah, just sort of going to sort of do, I think, the same sort of thing where we set up like a little page where we donate and stuff like that. So, 100%. It's a great yeah. idea, I think, as well. You know, um, as more and more as this becomes a success for you. Um, people will, will come to realise what geezer's grief is and what it's about. And for people maybe walking down the street who might see the badge and go, oh, what's that? And it just it's another way of, you know, spreading that awareness and, and starting a conversation. Yeah, hopefully, mate, exactly. And you're, like, helping us spread that awareness and that. So, same mm-hmm. again, thanks, thanks a lot. No mate. problem at all. Any, any help we can be, we will. Yeah. So, just to get started, mate, I think for you to truly tell your story, I think you need to sort of explain... Um, who your dad was, who Justin Edinburgh was, to sort of everyone that don't know him. Obviously, a lot of people know him as like a footballer, the football manager, mm. but maybe not a lot of people know him as like the husband, the father. Mm. So, yeah, I'll sort of let you sort of elaborate on that, mate. Yeah. Um, so, dad, obviously, as you've just stated there, was predominantly known for being involved within the footballing world, but sort of stripped that away. Um, you know, we talk quite oftenly now since his passing about sort of things that meant the most to him and, and family and friends was top of that list by a, a long stretch, you know. Um, he was a very loving, kind, generous man. Um, you know, he would literally light up any room that he walked into. And that's not me just saying that being biased as his son. I think, you know... Um, as, as you will both be aware, you, you hear of stories when your dad passes away and things that happened before you were even born. And it's, um, it's, it's one of those things 
with dad, obviously, the difficulty is when I'm not putting him on a pedestal, he's, he's, he's my dad, but he was in the public eye in one way or, of, or another, however you choose to look at that. Um, he was in a profession where, you know, um, it's looked upon by a lot of people. So people do automatically build up a perception and a, and a persona of what somebody's going to be like. But dad was, um, as I say, somebody that would always have time for people. Um, he never sort of let what he did as a living come in a way in the way of being a, a good, decent human being, because I know that sometimes, you know, footballers and people in that sort of world can perhaps get labeled, you know, a bit sort of, I guess, stubborn or, or maybe don't have the time for people. But dad was um, a really, really um, special person. Um, as I say, I look up to him. I'm quite public about it. he's my hero. He's everything that I strive to be in, in a person. And, you know, um, people quite often are telling me at the moment what, what a great job I'm doing, but that's, that's down to him and my mum, you know, and, and them shaping me into the person that I am today. So for anybody that I guess doesn't know my dad, I would, I'd say probably look at me and I would be as probably as close to a, a reflection of, of the man and, and what he was about, you know? Yeah, mate. It's uh, it must be so, you must be so proud when you just, people keep like just telling you how much of a great man he is as well, even though you know yourself, but just hearing it all the time. And we ourselves, I think we said to you yesterday, we've, what we watched a few videos about your dad and stuff and just seeing how people spoke about him and that it just like it literally just showed you could sort of see that do you know what i mean you could see how people was talking about him how much like he was a genuine person and like like you say a people person he sort of cared for people and that um so yeah mate if, if it's just something really really to be proud of isn't it Definitely, you know, we're all proud of our dads and everybody's relationship with their with their dads and their parents is different, but it is reassuring, um, especially in the instance where you do lose your, your dad or you lose a parent or you lose somebody close to you to, to be reminded of how much they were sort of highly regarded and thought of and were, were cared about. And um, obviously, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate and it's... I'm not shy in saying it. I probably didn't appreciate just how fortunate I was um, being the son of a professional footballer and a, and a, and a football manager, you know? Um, and for me, I can, I can honestly hand on my heart say that, you know, it's, it's got me through at times because, you know, I've, I, I am fortunate that I can flick onto to Twitter or, type in my dad's name and see people writing nice things about him. And, and the biggest and, and the best compliment that I can pay to him was ever since he's passed, I've not read or heard of one bad word said about him. And that's some task because there's always going to be in life. Somebody has got a bad word or opinion to say about you. And um, that gives me a huge amount of comfort to know that, as I say, he was so highly regarded and respected, but loved by so many as well. And yeah, it is, it is a proud thing to, to be reminded of that. Yeah. Um, like you, just to go back on like, you're very lucky to like be able to just say, go on the internet and type in your dad's name and just see all these nice things. But people don't have to put them nice things. You know what I mean? He's made that happen. 
Um, so, Definitely. do you know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's something, again, to be really proud of, isn't it? It just implements what a great man he was. 100%. And I think that goes back to my first point, you know, you strip away what he did for a career and, and what people's perception might be of that. He genuinely was a, a, a great man and had so much to give. And, you know, we, we sit and often ask ourselves the question that I'm sure you, you do within your household, you know, why him? Why, why at that age? He still had so much life to give. He's going to miss out on so many things and events in the future, you know, grandchildren, weddings, all of those things start running through your head, but you just need to sort of strip it back and, and remember the times that you were fortunate enough to have with him um, and how grateful, because what I've had and what I know that you two had with your dad uh, are memories that some people never get to experience with their father just because they don't have that relationship. So, you know, for me to have had... 26, 27 years nearly with my dad, uh, well, 25, 26 years with my dad um, of literally being best friends. Um, I, I would take that all day long over having a, a dad around till his late older years, but having no relationship or bond like I had with him, you know? So it's, um, yeah, it, 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 is, it is special. Yeah, um, you just got to look at your Instagram. I was scrolling through, and you can just tell you like best mates, like because how close you was. Like every picture, you just smiled in, just look like best mates. So it was nice to see. Yeah, like, yeah it's, it's. Do you know what? Um, a couple of my friends um, got involved with different interviews that we've done since since Dad's passed, and in the end, they were saying that they were uh, more pleased to see him on a night out than me because he was more entertainment than me. You know what, mate? I used I used to get that all the time. All the time, yeah. you do my head in. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, that, go in. Like, it's, they're my mates. So go in. <laughs> yeah, like, you can, uh, Charles, you coming out for a beer? I'll get your dad to come out as well. He's more fun than you. But, um, no, absolutely. Um, as I said, I, I've never been one to shy away from posting about him. Um, I'm proud of him. Uh, essentially, I was proud of him when he was here, and I'm still proud of him now that he's gone, and I'll be forever proud of him. Um, so, you know, for, for me, I think, you know, social media nowadays has got so many negative things that come attached with it. But um, same way I flip through both your sort of pages, you know, it's, it's a great platform to, to voice things and, and to share what, what great people, as in your dad, my dad, that we were lucky to have in our lives and, and give us memories and experiences that some aren't fortunate enough to, to have. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, sometimes you do... Like you say, we were very lucky because I think I was similar age that I lost my dad as well. I think I was 25. He was mm. 18, weren't you? Um, so you, you do naturally go like, oh, you don't see like, oh, I've had 25 great years with him. You think, oh, I've lost probably another 30, do you know, mm. plus years. You feel robbed. Uh, you do feel robbed. Like that, yeah, you know? yeah, you do. You do feel robbed um, in different ways. Like yourself, obviously, where your dad was like, cardiac arrest where it was like so quick and that it's just and how yeah you do you just feel robbed and it's sometimes you do forget about like well yeah I was very lucky and fortunate we was all very lucky and fortunate to have great memories with our dad some people ain't even like yeah. that blessed or that fortunate to have that I've so. got some mates that like don't even get on with their dads I'm like how can you not get on with your dads like it's makes me feel a bit um not like robbed again because he's don't get on with his dad, but his dad's still here. 
clients. Yeah. yeah, I've I've got I've got very very close friends um, who have absolutely nothing to do with their dads, and that's down to one reason or another. And and part of you feels so sorry for them because it's like how could how can you or how could you not have a relationship with your dad? Um, obviously, different factors come into that, yeah. but. Um, it's, it's a sort of one of them that sort of sits in a balance where you feel angry because, you know, someone who doesn't have a relationship with their dad and he's still around has that opportunity to do so, but they're not. And then you've got yourself who had the tightest of bonds, best friends, did everything together, and that's been taken away from you. Um, it just puts a lot of things into perspective and you just need to, as I say, um, well, what I've found from sort of my grieving process is anytime that I have sort of struggled or thought things like that, you just got to, I guess, um, with, with anybody that perhaps doesn't have that, that sort of relationship with their dad, try and encourage it because it's, it's important, you know, um, don't, and especially off the back of this COVID and stuff, I'm not going to get into that and be boring, but every opportunity that, that throws itself at you in life, you've got to take it with both hands. Whether it's, you know, you're hung over one Sunday in bed and your dad goes, oh, you fancy walking around the shops to get a newspaper or whatever it might be, you never know when that, that last time or moment is that you see him or speak to him. And for me, that would be the biggest, biggest thing is, listen, life goes on and life's normal. You can't help what happens. And you you would hate for your last memory or moment to be an argument or any bad feeling or anim animosity with somebody that you love or care about. Um, so for me, uh, that would be a, a big sort of piece of advice is, you know, cherish every minute and take every opportunity that comes its way. Yeah, you only get one dad, don't you? Like you say, exactly. go like that. So the way you talk about your dad, it's just, even though they're very different people, different lot, but it's just so relatable. Mm -hmm. um, it just it just brings it all back to be honest. Like how we how we was with our dad. Like how you talk about your dad is how we talk about ours. Like he was our hero. He was our best mate. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's it's nice to see, mate. It's really really nice and nice to hear. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. And going back on it when you were saying about like take every moment because. I know myself, and I think you do yourself. You you mentioned as well, mate. Thing like that. When my dad did actually die, you first thought I I was I was like, oh, that argument we had there, and that disagreement we had there. You're like, oh, why didn't I go down the pub and have a beer in that time? Or do, do you know what I mean? So, percent, yeah, no, definitely. And listen, without knowing your dad as a person, as I've said to you already, you know, you've got to take a a lot of credit for what you're both doing because it's a fantastic platform for people to speak up about it because it's something especially with men we all know um we're not very sort of open at the best of times with our feelings and stuff and you know um fair play to, to both of you for you know using your bad experience and and turn it into something positive and that obviously sort of showcases what your dad was about and that obviously lives on with you too so obviously from from my side you know obviously fantastic work that you're doing oh thanks a lot mate and likewise obviously we're going to get on to like what what you're doing with the foundation and everything um mate that's that's amazing and like um explaining how your dad was and that. I think anyone listening will be able to tell what a great man he was and that. Um, so the next thing I sort of want to get onto is like the story of what actually happens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to sort of 
explain. Yeah, that. absolutely. Um, so he dad dad played for for Tottenham. Who, for those that don't know, um, that are watching or listening. Yeah, he played for, for Tottenham and he actually had been invited to the Champions League final um, against Liverpool in Madrid um, that weekend um, as, as a representative of the club. And he was very fortunate, excited, beyond belief to go and watch his beloved Tottenham Hotspur finally in a, in a big competition, in a, in a big final, albeit the result didn't go that way. And don't worry, he let me know about that as well. But um, yeah, listen, he... he Literally, um, just been promoted with Leighton Orient as as their first team manager. So it's really, really funny. And a lot of people that I've spoken to that have lost loved ones, we speak about them going out on that high and, you know, the ultimate sort of, they were in the best, like not the best place in terms of people might have been obviously ill with certain things. And that's the reason that they passed. But, you know, in terms of how they were and, Dad had literally just got back from the Champions League final. As I say, albeit didn't get the result. And we, we then spent the Sunday um, with our very, very close family friends having a barbecue. Um, and he was literally on top of the world. Like, I, I can't put it any other way. He literally looked incredible. Um, we'd been lucky to have a couple of holidays with like us as a family and my mum in the off-season. Because obviously with football, they only get a certain period of time where they can... Um, obviously have holidays but honestly had the best suntan he looked incredible Um, and we we spent that day at the barbecue he had a very very good drink and it it was so nice we was all having such a great laugh and I remember that morning the following morning on the Monday um, I got up for work and my mum at the time my sister wasn't had moved out but my mum had kicked my dad into my sister's old bedroom because he'd been snoring in the night where he'd had too much to drink. Um, so I, I don't, I used um, for one reason or other my bathroom. I couldn't use my bathroom at the time, so I actually went into my sister's bathroom to use her shower to get ready for work. And I see he was laying in the bed just snoring. Had absolutely no clue. But I actually had no clue that when I came out of that shower and I said, "Oh, like have a good day, dad," and he probably didn't even hear me say it that was the last time that I actually ever saw him. Like, and it's such a, it's a funny one. Like the, the fact that he'd been kicked, like, do you know what I mean? That was what he was about. Like, yeah, he just, yeah, yeah. But that's what had happened. But um, yeah, I went to work that day and funny enough, him and my mum were actually going on holiday the following day. So um, that, that sort of, that Monday was going to be filled with all your sort of last minute things that you do before you go away, you know, getting currency, all that sort of stuff. He had his little list of jobs that my mum would often give him to do and crack on with. So, but before he got to that, they, they, they were really big into going to the gym together. They worked out most days. So um, I was at work at the time. Um, and I remember, I, I won't go into too much detail. I was in, I was in the toilet at work and um, my mum rang me and I was like, not now, sort of red buttoned it. And then I obviously, um, my phone then rang, rang again. So obviously come out, come out the toilet and I, I literally, I remember exactly where I was. I was in the reception area walking into um, where the offices were. And I rang her back and I could just tell this panic in her voice. And she, she was just like, um, I was like, what's the matter? What's the matter? And she was like, oh, um, I think dad's had a heart attack. And I was like, what? 
she was like, yeah, like we're, we're in the gym. He's, he's gone over there working on him now. I was like, oh, slow, slow down a minute. Like you just, that, that, that minute when something like that hits you, it's like a, it is literally like a tidal wave hitting you because it's just like the whole world literally stops and well your life stops but the whole rest of everything else is going on around you and it's a really really surreal and I'm sure that you felt it as well it's like I, I don't know but at, at this point all I knew was I had to get my my car keys my wallet off my desk and my blazer and, and get out of work and I just said to my manager I think he can tell I said to my mum look I'll get to the hospital. Where's he going? Um, they were taking him to, to Basildon, well, to the Essex Cardiothoracic Centre in Basildon. Um, so I made way and then obviously you had to contact my sister as well because my mum was obviously dealing with everything that was going on there and um, can only imagine what, what sort of state she was in having been there and, and seeing him go over, you know. So my face would have been a picture I'm sure. And I just, my, my manager could tell that there was something was up and I just said, look, I'll, I've got to go. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call later on and got to the hospital. And it was, you just, the whole time you, you, your head's playing games with you. How, how can it be? It was, as I say, we were having a laugh his days. He's 49. He's, but then you start to reassure yourself. I, I spoke to my sister and I, I'm thinking of you sort of hear of obviously him being an, a former professional athlete and without sort of um, going into it too much, but you know, a few months or weeks before that, Glenn Hoddlewood experienced a similar thing in the BT studios. David Ginola, another player that my dad had played with at Tottenham, had suffered a heart attack and they'd both pulled through. So you initially think, oh, when mum told me it's a heart attack. He's going to be fine. He'll be he'll be fine. He's fit. He's healthy. He looks after himself. He'll be good as gold. And um, got to the hospital, and I remember we, me and my sister, were frantically trying to find because we just wanted to get to my mum as soon as we could. You know, we knew we wasn't be, going to be able to get to dad straight away because they were examining everything and, and getting him sort of comfortable and settled. And um, we, I remember we got there and we were sat in a room with my mum and a lady that had been in the gym um, had sort of really comforted and helped my mum and, and um, you know, made sure that she was okay. And then some of our really close family friends had, had managed to beat me, me and my sister to the hospital. So it was just that time and then you're just all sort of looking at each other and it's just that you just sort of glazed and everybody's just, I don't think you can prepare yourself for for anything like that. Um, but at this time, obviously we, we didn't know the, the significance of what was to come. And for us, it was a period of sort of um, a long five days that's, that seemed like five years, 15 years at times that you just sat in waiting for any news or update about him. And, you know, um, the, Thomas Keeble, who's dad's cardiologist, who I've been um, very fortunate enough to, to stay in contact with, with everything that we've gone on to launch since dad's passing. He's been so supportive and he, he was such a, a, a good man to have around because he really filled us with a, a sense of comfort and positivity. And we knew that he was in the best hands. He's one of the top cardiologists in the country. And um, we knew that him and his team would be doing everything that they could to, to make my dad better, you know? Um, so it was a case they got him settled and stuff. And then, yeah, he, he, he'd been put into intensive care in the ICU ward. So um, they, they 
without sort of going into too much detail that to get him settled. And then we was allowed to sort of go in and see him. And it was just really, really bizarre because as I say, he had this great suntan. He was absolutely ripped to shreds. He, he was in better nick than me. And I remember walking around that ICU ward and no disrespect, there was people that you literally, you looked at them and you, you thought you, you're going to die. Like that just elderly people that just looked like that. And I remember turning the corner and seeing him. I was like, he literally looked like he was on the beach sunbathing. Like he literally just looked so peaceful and um, and relaxed. And that was just like, look, it's going to be a it's going to be a process of of obviously allowing his body time to to rest from the trauma that it's been through. So they put him into a, a seduced coma, um, and then it was going to be a case of just a, a waiting game and and allowing them to to assess and do all of the the relevant work that they needed to do, but. I remember that that week was just hell because um, all you want to do is wait for him to wake up. And what we had to also deal with on top of that was, again, dad was in the public eye. And, um, you know, my phone from the moment it sort of got um, leaked from the football club, which they had to, had to do, they had a duty of care because if if somebody had seen my dad then and, and the club hadn't come come forward and been honest um, about it, it would have just been, it would have looked, it would looked really bad on their part as well. So between ourselves and the football club that, that week, we, we worked really closely in trying to keep it as private and under wraps with what was going on as possible. Um, but yeah, you know, social media, my phone literally was blowing up, like everything all right, OP's okay. Um, but it wasn't until we got to the Wednesday that they tried to they tried to um, bring him off bring him out of his seduced coma um, to just see how how his brain would would function off the back of obviously sustaining the cardiac arrest no oxygen to the brain for a period of time was there significant brain damage which there did turn out to to be and that ended up being his downfall um, and you just you just can't like, I know it sounds obvious thing to say, but you just can't believe it. It's like how can he be so fine and as I say on cloud nine, just done such an amazing thing in getting the football club promoted. He'd been out with his friends and his former work colleagues in Madrid. He'd been with it, it just it none of it made sense and it still doesn't make sense to me now and I don't think it ever will. Um but we, we as a family, as you as you would do in that situation, and it was no disrespect to Tom, as I mentioned, and his team, but we we said they're heart specialists, they're not brain specialists. So we wanted a second opinion, um, and we we um, asked them to to get somebody. And again, they went above and beyond. Um, they got one of the top um, brain surgeons, neuro. I think it's neurologist. That might not be the right word, but to come from Cambridge, a hospital in Cambridge, and he couldn't get there till the Friday. So it was a case of, they sort of, in their mind, they, they see this all the time, right? They knew, they knew but we, they, they'd done us a duty of care and we wanted to get a second opinion and make sure that it was absolutely nothing that they could do, do for him. Um, so they made him as comfortable again as possible. And it was tough, you know, because when we was told that, on that Wednesday that pretty much he was going to have no quality of life. Um, you know, he, he was able to breathe for himself and stuff, but it just wouldn't have been my dad or the man that people knew. And 
I wouldn't want my dad to, you know, not be able to walk, talk. Um, it, it would just be like having a completely different person. And I, I take my hat off to any family that's experienced that and as, and as, um, you know, going through that because it's, it's, it must be so painful and, and heartbreaking. Um, and yeah, I, I just, we agreed that it was just when we had the sort of confirmation or the, the clarification from the, the brain specialist that there was no more that they could do and he was really going to have no quality of life, then it wasn't, it wasn't going to be fair to, to sort of keep him um, alive any longer. And it was really difficult because, you know, my cousin, he lived, he lives in Australia and he was like on a flight back to come home because he wanted to come and see him and say his goodbyes. And we, we were allowed that time, you know, our different friends and family came to the hospital, but it was just such a, such a tough thing to take because I say such a tough thing that the hardest thing I've ever had to experience. And, um, yeah, not one that you wish on anybody. And I think we were we were having a conversation last night about is there a right way, is there an easier way, you know, with, with how your dad obviously suffered and, and passed having had cancer and seeing him suffer for a period of time, is that there there is no right, wrong, easy, easier way. It's just every case is unique, every individual's unique and um yeah, absolutely heartbreaking is the only way that I can put it. It's just life's just so cruel, mate. Times, ain't it? And yeah, like you say, you're on cloud nine at one moment, and then the next you could be. It, it just brings back. It just literally kills you, don't it? It just literally. Your, your whole world, yeah. your whole world is literally flipped on its head. And as I say, it's. I remember walking out of the hospital after he literally passed away, and. We were walking out to, because it was like, what would you obviously you go through the whole procedure of what happens and you know, you get the bereavement pack from the hope from the hospital and you leave, you go home and he's no longer here with you. And I remember walking out of the hospital and there, it's probably, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm going to be honest and say, I, I remember seeing a family that are, were walking out and you know, they, they're all happy and smiling. I'm like, my, my dad's just died and you're, you're smiling, you're happy. Um, my, my life's, over my life's ruined and what i've learned is you can't you can't be bitter and you know um i'm not a bitter person but you just have to channel it in the right way and like you say chaps it's your whole life it is cruel life's not fair but you have to as we've done utilize it in a positive way and, and try and try and piece bits together because then you have to obviously start creating your new normal don't you you know we speak about our new normal because your lives are never going to be the same you know your mum your other siblings and, and your friends their lives are never going to be the same so it's about from that moment on um, I remember my mum sat me and my sister down that night and the rest of the family was sort of downstairs but she asked us to sort of go upstairs for a moment and I remember my mum sort of saying that no matter what happens like this obviously changes everything but we, we stick together as a free, no matter what happens, no matter what disagreements we might have along the way, um, just know what dad has made us and, and not to lose sight of that. And I think that that's such a, 
Um, listen, my mum has just been an absolute superwoman. Superwoman, I probably don't speak enough about her because I'm always asked about my dad, you know, and I see you boys post about your mum. They, they literally are, without my mum, I, I wouldn't have, uh, oh. I, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. Don't even bear thinking about it, does it? Like, same again, mate, it's just so relatable. Like, you say we posted that picture about a mum, but that's probably the first one we've, we've done. Do you know what I mean? Because, like you say, we just always talk about our dad and stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, they're, they're literally unsung heroes, aren't they? Like, without my mum, and you'd be the same, to say, like, yeah. our lives would be very different. But, like, mm. you, going back to when your mum took you and your sister upstairs, even though you're a close family, I think something like this sometimes make you closer. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because you've all been through something so traumatic and so um, something that's so affecting on you. It just, it just brings you closer. Um, but it definitely changes you as well. It definitely changes your outlook, um, how you are as a person, just your emotions and that definitely changes you. I can safely hand on my heart say, you know, I, I don't change for anybody. I, I'm me and what you what you see is what you get. Um, and I've I've always been brought up to be that way. But I can hand on my heart honestly say um, that the Charlie that I was on the Sunday when we was at the barbecue and he was there and you're happy and everything compared to the Charlie that left the hospital on the Friday when he passed away, two completely different people. Um and that's, that's not down to personal change. That's just down to something that's completely out at your hands. Um, it's the card that we say we were dealt. And it does, it ultimately, it does change. It, it, it does, and it changes everything. It changes your whole perspective on life, changes the whole um, structure of the family set up. Um, I don't care what anybody says, it does. Um, but for me, as I say, I... I'd put a positive spin on it and it's it's made me have to step up to the plate and mature in in areas that um I probably needed to mature up in anyway. Um but yeah, it, it certainly makes you stand up and, and um realise that you know family is the most important thing and no family's perfect, my family's certainly not perfect, but um as, a, as an immediate group with mum and my sister, we are the tightest of bonds because we need to be, but also because that's what him and my mum have made us, you know? Yeah, definitely. And sometimes um, you can forget that, but overall, I think, like, obviously I posted that thing earlier, like, family is everything. Like, obviously to yourself, to us, like, family is, is everything. Yeah. Um, Makes you value life as well. Something like when you lose someone so close, it does make you realise there's more to life than worrying about. You do, you get to the day-to-day life. Like, but you think, oh, money, like, job, you think, well, corona, you won't, oh, I, ain't go, I can't go out, blah, blah, blah. But overall, if you, you ain't got your family, you ain't got your health, it, nothing means anything, does it? So... A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's easy to say it, but it is literally, that's all that matters, isn't it? That's all that matters. And I, I, I don't wish it upon, upon anybody, but I think until you experience grief or it happens to you, you won't know. And that was, the, that was the thing that people kept saying to me and it frustrated me because people were saying, oh, I know how you feel, or I, I feel your pain. And it's like, you don't. And the same way I didn't feel the pain that you, you both felt and neither of you two, even though your brother's in the same, you both felt different pain because you were yeah. in unique relationships and... Um, ultimately, you know, 
we said about, and this is not mis- in, a, in any uh, disrespectful way to anybody who is suffering right now, because, you know, it is very, very tough what we're all going through. But for me, uh, when I look at it, this is a walk in the park, this compared to what I've, I've been through. You know, as I said to you, we're safe, we're healthy, we've got a roof over, over our head. And, you know, um, life's really slowed down. Um, the, the pace of life and it allows you to again put a lot of, of, of things into perspective and obviously it's allowed me a lot of um, time and opportunity to do a lot of good work with with the foundation that I've set up for dad with my mum and my sister so um, yeah it's it is it does put a lot into perspective and um, it's just something that you wouldn't wish upon your worst enemy but by us and, and people that have experienced it talking about it it can only try and help people prepare for it um, or people that have experienced it that might still really be struggling to, to try and give them that confidence that, you know, you can, you can turn it around and, you know, life goes on um, and, you know, you just, you got to puff out your chest, be proud of, of who he was and what he made you. And yeah, he wouldn't, he would, all I say to myself is he wouldn't want my life to be over because he's not here anymore. He'd still want me to enjoy my life and, and live my life. So that's what I'm going to do and, and continue to make him proud. Yeah. Did you sort of have that, obviously, like straight after your dad, obviously you're going to be very, very cut up. But did it affect, how long did you, do you think it affected you until you got to like, do you, do you know what I mean? Back to not your normal self because you're never going to be your normal self again, but back to like enjoying life again do you know what I mean being fully happy again yeah I don't I, I don't know, figure, uh, do you know what I mean yeah, but, yeah no it is it is really tough to put a, a, a time span on it because there's still days that I get up now yeah. I still have bad days now we all do because yeah. you, as we said earlier you feel robbed so but I think you start it starts with maybe you have half a good day and six and a half bad days and then it's sort of over time you start oh actually that's that's how I managed it I sort of broke broke it down because there were certainly days where I didn't even want to get out of bed and and I said that um I've been open about that I I literally didn't want to get out of bed didn't want to face the reality of what had happened It, it all seemed um so bizarre surreal and the thought of continuing to go over the story with people that hadn't been there and that wanted, but you, you want to, it's only because people care. And that's what I have to keep reminding myself is don't get angry. Don't get frustrated. Just, just, just calm yourself and, and break it down into manageable loads for yourself. So I think, yeah, as time's gone on, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say, um, full happiness because you're never going to have full happiness um without without someone like that who's important in your life around but back to sort of it was i I was quite fortunate i had quite a lot of busy things coming up um to occupy my mind um i was best man at my best friend's wedding so straight away that was in the the july august and dad had, had passed in the june so that was quite soon after so you know I had a stag. I had a stag do that I was responsible for organising along with his brother. So there was responsibility there, and it was just. I think we spoke about it, gents. You know, having things to occupy your mind and, and having a purpose that is so so important. Um, having a purpose, having a, a distraction, because the longer you sit and and um, let your mind 
play games with you and, and, and eat away at you that, you know, it is so sad and cruel what's happened to you. The moment you let that happen, that's when you slip down the slippery slope and, and you'll, you'll lose every time because your mind is such a powerful thing. I think it's important to keep busy. I appreciate right now we are confined to our homes and for anybody that's lost their parent or a loved one in this time, I couldn't bear to, I don't know how they've done it because, you know, funerals aren't the same currently. You're only allowed a certain amount of people. You're not allowed weight. You're like, you know, all of this stuff. And I, 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 ju I just, my only advice to anybody that has experienced grief in the early, in the early phases, give yourself tasks, give yourself purpose and, and keep busy, surround yourself with, with people. Um, obviously right now you can't, but FaceTime, call your friends, speak to people. Um, because listen, if they're, if they really are your friends and if they really do care about you, they'll give you your, their time. They're full care and attention and that has been so evident to us the people that truly truly do care and we are very fortunate we do have a lot of people that care and love for us um you know it, it says it says it all what you need to do keep keep positive keep productive and and have a purpose i think that's so important yeah definitely i think we can both yeah. sort of agree with that like sort of keep yourself busy i think you just learn over time that they're not coming back so we're like our dad used to be a plumber, so he used to come in at five o'clock. So the first few weeks of it happening, you'd think, oh, he's coming in. At five Sometimes you sort of forget, didn't you? Yeah. Some some days you'd like, even days like today or any other day, I'll, I'll be driving to work and I'll be oh, all of a sudden I'll just think of dad and go, oh, like what are we doing this weekend or that, and then all of a sudden just flip back into I'm like, oh, actually he's not here no more. But yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say that too. Do you still have days now, like where you just you you think, oh, if he was to walk in the front door now, like it wouldn't it would it wouldn't feel weird. It's almost like you at times are waiting, expecting him to walk through the door, and it is like you say that reality of he he's not coming back. But for me, I get them days all of the time where I'm like, oh, he, he could walk in the door any minute now, and it wouldn't feel like five minutes ago that I see him. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. such a weird thing. Yeah, it's good that we got like pictures, videos, and stuff like that. So I saw a you. The video what makes me laugh at your dad is the one where he's, I think he just got promoted and he says, Enjoy today, enjoy tomorrow, and it just makes me laugh. Yeah, that's cool. That is, that is unreal. Yeah. But I that, think that I'm was... in Mexico and I showed my missus and she was like giggling at it. And then six weeks later, I, I was like, Oh, that fell And she was like, Shut up. I was like, Yeah. Mm. yeah so, so you saw it right at the point that it was sort of released yeah, then? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's quality, yeah. like, it still makes me laugh now because obviously yeah. a few videos and just could you never hear a manager say get pissed six days in a row and then <laughs> so it's quite funny. Yeah. Exactly, and that and that would be a video that if anybody doesn't know my dad, I'd encourage him yeah. to go and watch because yeah. that's there's everything about the man. You know, he was all about as I say, life and soul at a party, have a good time, enjoy life. He enjoyed life every single day. I don't ever recall not seeing him with a smile on his face, apart from when he was giving his players a, uh, a telling off after a bad performance. But otherwise, you know, he, he loved what he did. He loved his life. And um, I don't think he would have wanted to have gone out in any other way because he literally, as I say, was on cloud nine. It's such a nice outlook to have that. We're quite lucky to have it as well. Like, we're, like say, he was smiling. He enjoyed life. It's like, even though he has gone, you know, he's, he's had a good life. Do you know what I mean? He's, yeah. he, even though he's died at he's 49, you know, he's enjoyed every minute of it. He's got smiles and people's faces. Yeah, he loved his kids, loved his family, loved his friends. People loved him. It's such a nice, it, like, 
instead of you could be sitting there going like, oh, he was a miserable git, no one liked him or anything like that, but like, no one misses him. But instead, it's the total opposite. It's just such a nice outlet. And when you when you are down like the days where you don't want to get out of bed and stuff like that, you just got to think about stuff like yeah. that, which is easier said than done. But it's mm. positive. You got sometimes this is good to remind yourself. Like even when we do these podcasts and that. Um, like we've done our first guest, it, there's little things that you think about. And you go like, yeah, we should start reminding ourselves about that. Actually, like, and there's been loads to this one, mate. Which is, hundred percent. It's um, it's funny. Dad, dad had a quote and say a famous quote, but it was famous within sort of the late and Orient um and and football community was. He, he said after his first game in charge of Leighton Orient that he wasn't here for the sake of it. He was here for the effing memories. And I think that literally that quote um, is on his on his headstone now. Like we've got that quote on his headstone and that literally sums up what he was about in life. All he wanted to do was live life to the fullest and make memories. That is all he wanted to do. Um, and I think that's such a beautiful way to, to look at life and, and live your life is. Um, and as I said earlier on on, on this, you know, You've got to live each day, and I'd certainly do that now because um, you, you never never know when when that time could be. Um, so make sure that you you leave no stones unturned. You tell people that mean the world to you how much they mean to you as often as you can, um, and and just do it all with a smile on your face. How how bad can life be, really? Do you know what I mean? And um, we we've as as a free have come through one of the, the hardest things and I often say, you know, I feel for my friends that have yet to go through it because it's, it's, you can't explain it to them. And I often get mates ask me, you know, how do you do it? Well, like, and, and trying to prepare them for it. You don't want to, you just say, don't worry about that now. Like I'm here for you when you, you get to that point, but um, yeah, you just, you've got to live life with, with a smile on your face and be positive. Yeah. hundred percent, mate. Um, sort of the next thing I was going to say, mate, is uh, how did you sort of feel with it being out in the public eye? Like, because um, with us, obviously, it was hard just like that time without turning on the telly, like, and seeing it all. Yeah, it's just hard when you get messages of people that didn't even know you that you're like, no, it's nice. But when you got people from the newspaper wanting to know, it must have been so hard to, you just want a bit of privacy yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um... To, to be honest, unfortunately, and that was the only unfortunate thing about it was, you know, in the end, what he did for a, a career and a living meant that it was magnified. And um, look, the, 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 the support and the reception that we got off the back of it was a, another huge lift because, it, as I say, it made, it clarified what we already knew anyway as a, as a close-knit group, how loved and um, how much we loved him, but then it sort of opened to my eyes. Wow, there's a lot of people that loved him, um, and as as difficult as it was, it also gave me a real um, boost and a real lift and a real um, comfort because to to see people's kind words and um, outpouring, you know, going to the stadium and seeing all of the tributes left. And I know you are Arsenal fans. I'm I'm Spurs, but literally like. Arsenal and Tottenham scarves tied together, like in coming and to know that my dad had the ability and the power to do that. Like yeah. he 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 meant that much to people that he could he could you know make rivalries come together, you know, and um, 
look, it, I, I'm not going to say it, it was nice because you want it to be as, as private and intimate as possible because you want to, to, to address it and deal with it. And it does make it hard because you start getting, um, we had one instance where, you know, a journalist knocked on our door and was, was wanting to, and you, you don't need that. You don't need that whilst you're, you, you're grieving. Um, we told them in the politest way sort of to, to go and whatnot, but um, I don't, I don't really know because I didn't know anything different. Right. That's the, that's the thing. And when, when it comes to losing another, I mean, I'd only lost my granddad sort of 10 weeks, before, 10 weeks prior to, to losing dad. And that was my real first um, loss. Um, I've got to be honest um, that I'd suffered in terms of family um, was my granddad. And I could see the difference straight away in, you know, my granddad was lovely guy from, from where he was from and he was loved by all of his, his friends and in the pub and all of that. But with my dad, it was like, wow, um, getting, getting tweets from, football clubs in Spain and Holland and certain high profile individuals reaching out to, to myself on social. It, it was all a bit sort of a, it, it sort of exploded really. Um, but then that, that sort of in, in some respects, as I talk about turning negatives into positives, it really gave me the belief that what I'd spoke about doing in that week um, when I was in hospital, when I said to my mum and my sister, I'm not letting dad be forgotten about, uh, we're, we're going to do something to continue his name and his legacy. Um, and we're going to set up a, a charity for him. That really gave me the confidence that it would be supported and that it would have that, that pull and that following. And in some ways it reassured me um, because I know that I loved him, but to know that others felt the same or, or as close to the same um, as me was um, was special, really special. Yeah, I'm glad you sort of um, touched on the charity. Obviously, we're going to get talking about it, mate. But obviously, um, when you were sitting in the hospital, what was sort of like your first... How did that sort of come about with the charity and stuff? Um, well, we were, we were, I remember me, my mum and my sister were having some time with dad. Um, at this point he'd been moved into like a side room on the wall. So he had his sort of own private room. Um, once we'd had the sort of news on that Wednesday. So I remember sort of sitting and we would just like, as you do, you just sort of sit there and you just sort of, you look at him, you talk to him, don't you? You know, it's, um, even though he wasn't conscious, you just sort of sitting there and, I just remember looking at him and then sort of looking at my mum and my sister and they were just sort of looking at him and I, for me, they probably will say I don't consider them or think about them enough, but my mum and my sister are, are everything to me. And, um, you know, I know what I was feeling. They're probably feeling times 10 and people go, I oh, know nobody feels any worse than anybody else, but I know how much they love him. So for, for their sake, as well as my sake, I don't want him to be forgotten about. So I just, I just said, we need to, we need to do, he would want us to do something positive here. Like he, he would want us to, to give back in some way. And I had no idea what the, what it would look like at the time. Um, but it all, in a really weird way, it all just sort of came together. 
um, having spoken with with Tom Keeble after um, sort of dad had passed away and just tapping into his knowledge and perhaps areas within that sort of space within cardiology and, and areas that probably um, because obviously that's dad had suffered a cardiac arrest it was like right that's what my dad suffered that's the ripple effect that that had of his passing how do we prevent other families and their friends experiencing what we've had to go through and I just sort of picked Tom's brains on perhaps areas that we could add value that maybe wasn't getting enough of a looking or enough support or enough education around um, and we decided to to go with a, a heart related charity um, and, and in the early phases we really had no idea what that would look like but it's as I say, our strategy and our plan has sort of come together as time's gone by. And um, we are still very early on, um, but I do feel that we've we've made huge headway and, and done a really, really good job in the 19 months, 18, 19 months that dad's not been with us now in establishing a, a foundation that's doing some good work. Um, and we'll be able to do a lot more really, really good work once you know we can get back to some normality because it obviously does restrict us on, on certain things. But um yeah it, it just it just in a weird way just came together it just came together and i sort of feel that it was fate i feel like it was him sort of sending yeah sort of send it was almost like he was sending me that message telepathically like sitting there he was saying don't you let me be forgotten about and i'd be like how could i let him be forgotten about he was he was too good a person to be forgotten about yeah um and also like I remember you, we sort of spoke about it yesterday, but um, you're trying to spread awareness across the board, really. But you were sort of saying your dad was in the gym and yeah. like the people who was on shift didn't really, weren't really that confident about performing CPR like and didn't even have a, a defib. So, mm. um, yeah, do you want to sort of like elaborate on that a little bit, mate? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So from, from our perspective and obviously our frustrations, um, we, we come to learn that, you know, the very early stages of somebody suffering cardiac arrest is those first couple of minutes. The first minute is, is crucial. Um, if you can perform effective, confident CPR and, and apply a defibrillator to get their heart going as quick as you, as you can, again, that gives them the best possible chance of survival. It's as simple as that. So we stripped it back. My mum, as I say, was there at the time to witness firsthand. Unfortunately, the staff were trained, whether they were trained um, in, in good enough detail or with enough confidence. And that's what I speak about. Uh, I'm not expecting everybody to see somebody drop down in, in the street and know what to do. But if we can benefit and add and help, um, you know, fund education and training so that should one of us three see somebody go down in the supermarket or whatever it is that you can be somebody's hero and potentially save their life by being like stand aside everybody like and it's literally as as, as sort of blunt as that stand aside i know what i'm doing here leave let me just do what i need to do to give this person the best possible chance of surviving so the the justin edinburgh free foundation um we we are a, a registered charity um, who are, as I say, raising funds to, to help educate and train people in those areas. So we will, once um, you know, life goes back to normal, be hosting CPR workshops that will be encouraging people to come along to and learn the skills. Because unfortunately, in this country, 
there is a real naivety about it. And I know I spoke to you both yesterday about, you know, when you strip it back and you think about it, there's certain skills that us three people listening to this podcast probably learned at school that we've never utilised um, since you've left. And something like that, that is a potentially life-saving skill, why not replace that or at least get that enrolled in the school curriculum so that we are creating a new generation of lifesavers and um, you've only got to look at statistics and facts and um, places that are already doing that. Um, their, their survival rates in comparison to ours as a country is so much, so much more significant because they know what they're doing and it's as simple as that, you know. It's not, it's not sort of guessing or guesstimate work, it's fact. You, you, you do it, that you've got a better chance of surviving. So that's one area that we are, we are tackling. And then the, the sort of main goal for us um, is we are campaigning for a law change. Um, which we feel that will do dad's legacy, the world of good. We want to get it called Justin's Law. Um, so we want it to be a legal requirement, which it's not currently um, for health and sports facilities in the UK to be equipped with a defibrillator. Um, I give the, the sort of image of seatbelt in your car. You might not ever need it because hopefully touch wood, you're never involved in a car accident, but it's just there should you ever need it. And obviously with you, you both in, in the world of fitness and that's what you do for a job, we discussed it, you know, you probably do train some people that for one reason or another come to, to better themselves because they're unfit or they want to improve on what they already have. Um, and to know that you're safe um, going to perform your sport or to, to do a, a gym workout, for me, that just makes common sense that, that that safety parameters should be there. Yeah, and like, well... We said, like, we spoke about this yesterday, didn't we? But how, for how common it is, it's actually mad that this ain't already in place. Like you say, how it's not educated at school. So, like you say, if someone goes down in the supermarket, it not only me, you, to... and Mace know yeah. what we're doing, but there should be a queue of people that know what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's, it's actually mad to think that's not in people place. People are naive that they never think they'd be in that situation. So just put it yeah. in the back because they don't want to deal with it. But it's real life. Like your dad's like, you could be really fit, but it still happens. You've got to be able to deal with the situation. It happens. It happens. And you could be in one place where you've got four people that fortunately for that person on that day know what they're doing. Or you could be in a room with 500 people and not one person knows what they're doing. And um, we, we were actually really proud and privileged to be asked to be involved in a campaign um, for um it was called do what jack did um which tom again asked us kindly to be involved with and it was the video is on our on our instagram page and i would encourage people to go and watch it because it's a really really powerful video um yeah. about you know the, the fine the fine lines and the fine margins you know the day after my dad passed well the day after my dad's cardiac arrest another another guy was playing cricket in essex um he went down whilst playing cricket but there was a, a young boy there called Jack um, who was keeping the score and knew how to, to perform it effectively. And, and he saved the man's life. Um, so it's, it's just them fine margins. And um, unfortunately for us, we, we were on the receiving end of, of not having that, um, that there. Um, in hindsight, it might not have even saved him, but it would have at least given him a, a much better chance. So um, that's why we're doing it. What you're doing, mate, it's not only 
um, carrying on your dad's legacy and making people remember by exactly make a big difference. It's going to make a big difference. We both feel in the country potentially. Do you know what I mean? It's going to save a lot of people's lives. So, well, it will, won't it? If it's in place, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Look, for for me, when I started this, and I think all of my mum and my sister and my my fantastic group of trustees that I work so closely with, um, we've all got a real invested interest because of our connections to dad. And we all said, you know, at the start of this, if we can save one person's life through the the work that we're doing, or a defibrillator that we donate, or whatever it might be, um, I've not done my job there because I want to I want to make sure that there's other people that we we're saving lives, but I would have done my dad's legacy, the world of good to know that through, through him, um, his name and the work that we're doing, um, we've been able to, to prevent a family, um, experiencing what we've had to go through. Yeah. It's crazy to think like two years ago, like you said last night, you'd never think you'd be in this position where you'd be changing people's lives, which is turning the negative into a positive. So it's like, Hats off to you. No, it's really oh, good. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? The cards that you you dealt. And as I say, I, I never, and the same way you, you never probably envisage that you'll be doing a podcast speaking about grief because you don't think it's going to happen to you. Um, but I think, you know, you, you just have to remain positive. That's how I've got through it. And I choose to channel my energy to be positive Um I know other friends and family that perhaps have gone a bit the other way, um, but you just got to be there to pick them up. And um, as I say, anybody listening to this that hasn't experienced it, um, you know, unfortunately it happens to us all. Um, you can't prepare yourself for it, but just make sure that when it does happen, that you surround yourself with your nearest and your dearest and, and you are, you are positive and remember the good times because that's what's got me to this point and that's what's that's what's got me through and, and, and living my life as I am now. Yeah, definitely, mate. It's a quality way to look at it. Yeah, it sounds like the foundation's like your coping mechanism to deal with like the grief and mental health and keep you busy, keep your mind occupied. So it does. In a way, um, I speak about it quite a lot. Without dad being here, he's teaching me new things all of the time. Um, he's still creating headaches for me without him being here because, you know, I'm, I'm literally doing top to bottom stuff with this and learning new skills. I'm very fortunate. I'm very happy and I'm very lucky to be doing this. Um, but this opportunity wouldn't have presented itself to me if it wasn't for him. And um, obviously, I'd much sooner have my dad back. Than, than be doing what I'm doing, but um, yeah, you got you got to channel it and, and do something positive, definitely. Yeah, just imagine, mate. Like when you you're doing this charity, just imagine because of your work, it saves someone, and that someone is someone's dad. And yeah. just imagine, like they're where your shoes were, and they're coming to you and like thanking you for what you've done. Do you know what I mean? That that itself would just be would make it all worthwhile, wouldn't it? Hundred percent. That would be that would be everything that I want this to be. Um, I wouldn't say it probably would be one of my proudest moments, you know, because to know that we've saved somebody's life, but also, as I say, prevented that that family or that that son or that daughter from losing their father. Um, because ultimately, you, I'm sure you can definitely speak the same and say the same that. 
you don't wish it upon anybody. Um, and every, as I say, every experience is unique and every experience is, is different. Um, but yeah, that would be a very, very um, overwhelming sense of pride should that should that happen. And as I say, I hope I hope I never have to hear that one of our defibrillators has saved somebody's life. I, I don't want anybody to have to experience it. Um, but we're just putting putting foundations in place um, so that if it does happen, that people do have the best possible chance of surviving. Yeah, mate, it's amazing. Um, obviously, we didn't know your dad, but I think it's clear to say he would be like really proud of yourself, like your sister, your mum, your trustees, and like what you're doing. Um, so yeah, mate, you should really be proud of yourself. And vice versa. I know I said it, but you, you, you probably, um, and as I've done at times, you probably don't give yourselves enough credit for for what you are doing. So honestly, I think you know. Um, Hopefully you you invite me back on in, in years to come when this is, you know, trending number one podcast in, in the country. Honestly, it, it's something that needs to be spoken about. And I genuinely mean that. Um, it, and I find it really helps me when you, you speak to somebody else that's experienced it, you know. And I, I, I'll be honest, my mum my and my sister wouldn't know this because um, as you don't, you don't open up at times. But, you know, I've often looked at, is there something out there to allow people to connect that are in a similar position? Because, you know, if you could a group or, you know, even like a forum where like you can just share experiences and, and all club together, because as I say, um, the more you speak about it, the, the, the easier it is. And as I say, it, it makes your life um, as easy as it can be without that important person around. Yeah. Like, it just feels like a weight off your shoulders when you talk, doesn't it? It just feels like it's, it's, it's escaping, do you know what I mean? It just all this, not anger, but this hurt. Um, just everything you want to talk about is just coming out. So, and yeah. it don't make you less of a geezer, for instance. Like you say, you don't, you don't normally open up to your sister or mum, but it's just, if you open up to, like we don't know you, but opening up to someone who's gone through a similar story, it does take that weight off your shoulders a little bit, so massively massively and and hats off to you both for for creating a, a platform for for people to for, for geezers to do that yeah <laughs> what do you if, think whether, I class, whether i class myself or a geezer, <laughs> as a geezer or not i'm not yeah. so sure but um no i've been called a i've been called a geezer once or twice in my life no i think <laughs> i think it's i think it's very very clever very very clever name and it, it it gets people talking because ultimately if it's okay for a geezer to open up and talk about their emotions that somebody views as this hard, bullshy, tough nut, then it's all right for everybody, any other man to open up and talk, you know? Exactly. And that's, that's what we want to do, mate, basically. But yeah, mate, it sounds like you're doing like amazing, amazing things with the charity. We'll do all we can to sort of promote. Obviously we haven't got a great big platform, but we'll promote it as much as we can. We've already said to like all our family, um, donate, get one of them badges, sort of try and get yeah. it out as much as possible. So yeah, mate, we're going to try and help you out as much as we can, to be fair. Absolutely. And as I say, look, once things are back to normal, I said to you both, I'd love for you to come along to a workshop and, and learn the CPR. So I know you probably need to know it yourselves anyway with what you do. Um, but obviously, if you just want a refresher or you want to bring friends, family along, like your mates, just to encourage them, you know, it's... Um, Definitely, we would we would love to have you at our future events and stuff like that. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. Oh, I appreciate it, mate. Yeah, 
appreciate thanks, it, mate. mate. Yeah, again, mate, just thanks very much for coming on. Um, like, <laughs> even though you're saying it's not a problem, like, you didn't have to do it. So, honestly, we really appreciate it. And I'm sure that like, people who are going through grief and all that will definitely sort of relate to it um, and sort of get some... Mate, us learn some new stuff as well. Yeah, right? definitely, mate. You're, honestly, you're a proper credit, mate, to your dad. So oh. That would be really proud. No, thank you. And as I say, I think as you are both doing as well, as I say, hats off to you both again. It's um, your, your story is equally as important. And just because, as I say, everybody's story is unique and, and different and there's all different types of grief. But, you know, I encourage the same way that you are, get people to reach out, speak about it, drop message me on Instagram, even if you don't know me, you know, I, it's, it's nice to talk. I, I speak with um, with people that have experienced similar to me and it, it helps it really really does help and the message that you are hammering home with you know speak about it don't bottle it up is so so important because it, it really does take a huge weight off your shoulders yeah well mate that honestly loved it tonight mate really yeah. really appreciate yeah. it well, brilliant stuff hopefully arsenal get beat tomorrow and uh <laughs> well, no that's how much paying attention man. <laughs> I've sort of lost interest in it this year, mate. Not as much as me in Tottenham after the last few results. No, I'm, I'm hoping we turn it around, but um, there you go. I do, I do. I know he's getting a lot of... But I, I, this is the thing for me, you know, having been the son of a football manager and whether or not, you know, Mourinho is in a completely different um, level to, to where my dad was at as a manager. But even at... Even at you know, clubs that he managed, he's still got criticism and it's not nice, you know, he's, he's got family, he's got kids and they have to read that and there's no other industry, I don't think, where everybody has so much of an opinion but that's what makes football the game that it is and the beauty of it, you know, and um, I would say he's getting, a, he's getting a tough time but he's still got us in every competition that we, we, we entered and um, hopefully he'll turn it around even if, you know, the, the fans aren't perhaps enjoying the brand of football too much but at the end of the day results is what wins you things and um, if he can turn the results around and get us back up the league then hopefully it won't be too bad after all if you ever want to come and support Arsenal it's not a problem mate alright <laughs> uh, mate the rest of my family are Arsenal me and my dad are the only two Spurs yeah, my, my cousin's called Merson after Paul Merson that's how much of an Arsenal family I've got my <laughs> Our dog was called Freddie Lundberg. <laughs> was he? Yeah, my dad was an Arsenal yeah. fan as a kid growing up. And then obviously when he played for Spurs, it converted him. So, um, yeah, you ain't got to ask me to come be Arsenal fan. I've had my arm tried to be twisted a load of times, but it hasn't worked. <laughs> no, don't blame me, mate. Lovely. Thank you. Right, mate, mate we're definitely staying in contact. Um, okay. Say hello to mum and sister from us. Yeah, stay yeah. safe, mate. Yeah, stay safe, mate. All right. Yeah, and to you, yeah, love to your family and um, keep doing the good work. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Take care.